as a friend. And uh, it, is, it is a joy to have Brother Ben Weeks to preach for us uh, this service tonight, and Thursday night, and Friday night. We want to give our hearts and our minds to the Lord. Amen. And just obey the Holy Ghost. I told him he can sing, he can preach, just do whatever the will of the Lord is. That's what we're interested in. Have your way in this service tonight, Lord. Amen. Brother Weeks, thank you for coming. We want you to know we appreciate it very much. God bless you. Obey the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Are you glad to be in church tonight? Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So good to be here. Could I get the key of G? Uh, just real quickly. You can remain standing because I want you to sing this song with me. Such an honor and a privilege to be here this uh, week, this Heritage Week. I thank God for what's been handed down to me. I love this truth, don't you? I love this word. I'm not looking for anything better. Not looking for anything outside. I found what I needed. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all know this song. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Can you lift your hands and sing it to the Lord? If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. One more time, let's sing it together. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Hallelujah. Why don't we make that the object of our prayer right now? God, I want you to use me. I want to be available to you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Townley, for allowing us to be here tonight. It's always a, a privilege to stand in an apostolic pulpit and proclaim the Word of God. And, uh, I love your pastor very, very much. He is a true man of God. He loves this truth. very much in love with the Lord and has been an inspiration to me for a long time. It's hard to believe. I think Brother Townley and I are we're getting to be old men. I saw gray hair there and uh, I, we're getting what about 20 years we've been preaching now. We're old men, I tell you, right now. But uh, 
God's been good to us all along the way. If you have your Bibles, turn with me tonight to Genesis chapter number 27. I'll do my best not to uh, keep you a long time. It's good to be here with um, Elder and Sister McDaniel. We love them very much and um, appreciate all the good things that he has instilled in me. So glad I was raised in a good church. I can tell you, young folks, sometimes you don't know how to appreciate being raised in a good church and getting a good, solid foundation under you. Amen. place where the Holy Ghost moves, place where truth is proclaimed, and uh, the Word of God is taught. Good to be here with Brother and Sister Alexander. We've loved them for many, many years. I preached around here for several years as uh, just a kid. And uh, Brother Alexander and Sister Alexander have always been very, very kind to me and loved them very much. Genesis chapter number 27. Will you help me preach for yes, just yes, a few minutes tonight? Genesis chapter 27. And I'll be reading verse number 18. And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come here, I pray thee, or come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy, as his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. So he blessed him. I want to take my text from verse number 22, Genesis 27. The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And if the Lord will help me tonight, I want to talk to us for a little bit about the voice of Jacob and the hands of Esau. The voice of Jacob in the hands of Esau. Let's ask the Lord to bless us with his word. God, we love you. Lord, we're dependent completely and totally on you. Lord, here we are in your presence, recognizing, Lord, our frailties, our weakness, Lord, our neediness tonight. Oh, God, touch us, Lord. Let me be your servant. Let me be your messenger. Lord, no flesh needs to glory in your presence. Hide me behind the cross today. We'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated. God bless you. In Jesus' name. I, uh, I've heard a lot of preaching about Jacob and Esau. And uh, I've even done some of it myself. And uh, I've, I've said a lot of negative things about Esau and pointed out a lot of the mistakes that he has made. And I've also talked a, a bit about even the mistakes of a man like Jacob because he did make quite a few. Even though he became the blessed son, even though God uh, said, I am the God of, of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Jacob did a whole lot of things wrong. Uh -huh. right. And it took him a whole lot of years to get over some of his character flaws until he could finally be the man right. that God intended him to be I'm so glad God keeps working on us I'm so glad God keeps dealing with us oh I'm so glad he didn't throw the clay away the first time it was marred in the hands of the potter I'm glad we serve the God of a second chance and sometimes a third chance and sometimes a fourth chance I'm not here because I've been so good. I'm here because of the mercy and the grace and the goodness of God. And if there's anything good in me, it's all because He deserves the glory. In this flesh dwelleth no good thing. Hallelujah. And uh, so Jacob has, has made his share of mistakes. But I, I really, I didn't come tonight to preach about the, the great failure of Esau or the mistakes and the sins and the shortcomings of Jacob. Matter of fact, uh, I'm not going to criticize neither one of them very harshly, I don't think. Um, the setting here of this uh, particular passage of Scripture was that Isaac, the son of Abraham, was now himself old and he was well uh, stricken in years he was about to die and uh, his eyesight was very dim he couldn't recognize people that uh, were in the same room with him and one of the things that that he wanted before he passed away was he wanted his oldest son Esau to make him a particular dish of venison that he that he loved to eat and um, he has set it up to where that if Esau will find the right animal and will come in and he will dress it and prepare it that there will be a special blessing for Esau the blessing of the firstborn that he would put on his oldest son and yet the house was not as unified as it should have been. Because just like Esau was the favorite of his father, Jacob, Esau's younger brother, 
was the favorite of his mother. And the mother begins to conspire against the frail, almost blind father Isaac. And she wants the blessing for Jacob, her favorite. And so behind the scene, she says, I tell you what, I'll fix the meal the way that your dad wants it to be fixed. And I tell you what, we will get you the blessing instead of Esau. And we'll uh, pull the wool over his eyes, so to speak, and... Uh, We'll get you the blessing that Esau is supposed to have with just a little trickery and just a little conniving. We can fool and deceive Isaac, your father. And while Esau is out there um, going about his business and, and uh, Esau, the hunter that, that he was... Um, He's out there waiting for the right deer to come along. Rebecca is fervently and quickly preparing a meal and telling Jacob how to get one over on his father Isaac. And she takes those goats that she has slain and she wraps Jacob's arms in those goat skins and and sends him in there to his father. Now, one thing about uh, about Jacob was Jacob really didn't mind deceiving. Matter of fact, Jacob's name means uh, heel grabber, or or conniver, or deceiver. That's what Jacob means. And so Jacob is party to this deception and he moves in and uh, he steps in and he goes to his father, says, here am I, my father. He says, who are you? He said, I'm, I'm Esau and I want you to sit up and I want you to eat of my venison that thy soul may bless me. And, and Isaac said, uh, Son, something ain't right about this. Uh, uh, this, is, this has been a little quick. And he said, oh, the Lord brought this to me. And, and he said, well, why don't you come a little closer? Let me put my hands on you. And uh, I may feel a little better about this if I, as a father, can put my hands on my son to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. And uh, Jacob came near and Isaac reached out and put his hands on Jacob. Now, Isaac lets us know here that these boys are very different. That these boys have two different philosophies, two different ways of thinking, two different lifestyles, two different ways of living, praise the Lord. And so when, when Jacob gets close, Isaac reaches out and he makes a statement. He says, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And the Bible says in Genesis 27 here that he blessed him 
that he gave him the blessing right then. Now, I, uh, I'm not going to talk about so much Jacob's deception. I'm not going to talk about uh, Esau's bitterness. But I want to talk about the fact that, that these were two different boys that had two different gifts to bring to the Father. And I want to talk about the fact that Jacob, that Isaac makes a pronouncement here. This is the voice of Jacob. Everybody say voice. And these are the hands of Esau. Everybody say hands. Now, understand when we think about Jacob, the one who supplied the voice. There are three main things in his life that we think about that get our attention and that must have gotten God's attention. Three things, three main places in his life. One of them was when Esau got so angry that Jacob stole his blessing that Jacob began to run. And he got to uh, a place in his journey. He lays down in the middle of the night and God visits him. The heavens open up and a ladder comes down and there are angels that are descending and ascending and he has a vision and God speaks to him and says I'm going to be with you just like I was with your grandfather Abraham and just like I was with your father Isaac I'm going to be with you I'm going to be with you just like I was with them I'm going to tell you young people God wants to be your God God wants to be your God not when you're 35 and not when you're 45 and not when you got grandchildren. God wants to be your God at 12 years old. God wants to be your God at 8 years old. God wants to be your God at 6 years old. You can have an experience with God. And the first thing that we remember that really stands out, especially in a spiritual tone, is the encounter that Jacob has with God. Now, at this encounter, you don't find very much about Jacob that changed. You don't find very much about Jacob that was totally different. He got up and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. I didn't even realize what kind of a place that this was. And he called the name of that place the house of God. He called the name of that place Bethel. He had an encounter with God there. The next thing was he went to his uncle Laban's, his mother's people. He got there and he began to work for his uncle. He married there and, uh, and, and evidently his uncle didn't treat him right. And finally, Jacob uh, always had a plan and he always had a scheme. And so he goes to his uncle and he says, uh, Uncle, I tell you what, let me take all the cattle that are spotted and striped and have marks on them. You let me have all of these and uh, you take the healthy ones. You take the ones that are solid colored. And, uh, and, and so Laban looks out there. There's just a few spotted and speckled ones and out there and the other ones look pretty healthy it looks like a pretty good deal to him but yet somehow God turned it to where 
the ones that were being born, they became spotted and striped and had marks on them. And every one of them that were born like that, they got over here on Jacob's flock. And the ones that, that were not, they were stuck with Laban. And it ended up Jacob had more possessions than Laban did in the end. And I know that Jacob had a plan and strategy and he did all these things to try to, to, to foster this along. But really, when it all came down to it, Jacob said, God did it for me. He really didn't take the credit. He said, God's the one blessed me and increased me greatly in your father's household. Really, God did it. Praise the Lord. And so, Jacob not only has an encounter with God, but Jacob also is increased in his possessions. God blesses him, not just spiritually, not just a spiritual revelation, but God blesses his possessions. God blesses what he owns, what he has. I'm going to tell you, God can bless you not just in church. God can bless you on your job. God can bless you not just when you're in the house of God and prayer meeting or on fast days or when you're at the altar or when you're hearing the preaching going on. I'm telling you, God can give you a plan for your business. God can give you a financial direction and cause you to be blessed far above what you could ever imagine, what you could conceive. God can do it for you. And you could become a blessing to the kingdom. You could become a blessing to missionaries. You could become a blessing to the home church. You could become a blessing to your pastor. You could become a blessing to the building program. You could become a blessing to the church enlarging and growing and being blessed. Because of the fact God blesses you. Amen. And so God increased what he had. And then there was a time that Jacob is going back and he's going to try to settle his differences with Esau, make reconciliation. And, and Jacob sends everybody away and he's wandering around in the middle of the night and, and somewhere in the darkness of the night in the wilderness out comes a man. Later on we find that it was an angel and he wrestled with Jacob and they wrestled together and they wrestled together and the angel wouldn't let go and Jacob wouldn't let go. And the angel wouldn't turn loose and Jacob wouldn't turn loose. And finally the angel says, What is your name? And he said, I am Jacob. And the angel said, We're not going to call you Jacob anymore. But you're going to be a prince, a prince that has favor with God and man and that prevaileth. That's what you're going to be. We're not going to call you Jacob anymore. You're going to be Israel. And that was the day there was a definite change in Jacob. He was never the same. You could tell by looking at Jacob from that day on. Amen. From that moment, from that, that, from that encounter, that wrestling match, if you will, there was just a touch that that angel gave him in the hollow of his thigh. And Jacob limped the rest of his life. It changed him forever. And when Jacob got changed, his relationship with Esau changed. There was an inward change. And so there's three things there about Jacob I want you to remember. And that is the encounter with God, the increase of his possessions, and the inward change that God made in him. Three things about Jacob. Everybody say the voice of Jacob. There's two things that gets... The Father's blessing. Number one is the voice of Jacob. The voice of Jacob. And the second thing is 
the hands of Esau. The voice of Jacob alone never got the father's approval. The voice of Jacob alone never got the father's blessings. But when the father got close to Jacob and he felt the hands of Esau, then he blessed him. Simply the voice of Jacob could never attain the father's blessing. Y'all with me? I want to drive that home because, because it'll make sense in just, just a few minutes. Now Esau was a totally different person than Jacob where as Jacob was a mama's boy and Jacob was a homebody and Jacob didn't care much about the outdoors Esau was a man he loved the outside he loved working in the sun he loved getting out there and hunting and I can tell you this I've never been much of a hunter me and brother Townley we've been fishing a few times and I go for the fellowship brother Townley he's the serious fisherman I'm not a serious fisherman and uh, and we've gone hunting a few times and I'm telling you I don't know what it is I, I don't I don't, you know, people like to hunt. I don't have one thing against it at all. Nothing. I, I just, I don't feel very manly shooting a poor defenseless little deer. I don't, I don't feel like it gives me much courage. I, I'm teasing. But, uh, but Esau was a, was a man. You've got to have some skills to be a successful hunter. You don't just go be bopping through the woods and getting caught on branches and tripping over roots and making a lot of noise and eating potato chips and think you're going to get much of anything. I mean, you've got to be strategic and you've got to have a plan if you're going to be a successful hunter. And Esau had some valuable qualities that made him successful. One of the things that... I remember one time me and Brother Townley, we went hunting out in West Texas. Boy, we was really going to get him. And, I, and, and uh, I, I finally shot a, a deer. I found out later my eyesight was bad. I saw I don't know how many deer. There wasn't one deer that had any kind of, any kind of uh, antlers, horns, what are they called? I don't know. But anyway, there, I, there wasn't, I never saw a male deer at all. Well, I found out later on I had glasses. I couldn't have told them if I saw them. But I finally said, well, I'm going to shoot one. I'm just going to, next deer comes out, I'm going to shoot it. I don't care what it is. And in a little bit, here come a deer. And I shot it, and down it went. One shot, buddy, it was, it was dead. I mean, she rolled over and put her paws up, her hooves up in the, in the air, and before long, they just drooped down, and she with a loud cry, gave up the ghost, and that was it. And so I was kind of proud of myself, and they sent Brother, Brother Townley's mother-in-law came over there, and, uh, and she came over there, and I said, I got one. It's down, right, o right over there, it's down. And when she drove a four-wheeler over there and commenced howling in derision. It wasn't much bigger than a chihuahua or a poodle. There, there wasn't much to it. It was sure tender. But there wasn't much to it. So I about gave up after they ripped my shirt tail and smeared blood on my face and got my picture and all that. I figured I'd been initiated. I'd had enough hunting. So 
figured I'd go read a book about it or something. But, uh, but there's something about a hunter that has to be patient. In fact, if you're going to get the real prize, if you know what you're after, you've got to be willing to be patient. Uh, my brother-in-law would take me and he'd say, Now you sit right here. And I'm going to come back for you later on today. Don't make any noise. And if, if a deer comes by, just shoot it. You just sit right here. And, I, you know, the first 20 minutes, I'm thinking, I'm going to see a deer. Anywhere, somewhere, somewhere. I'm going to see a deer. I'm going to see a deer. I, I'm, I'm going to see a deer anywhere. Just There's got to be one out here. It's going to come by me. I'm going to be the hero today. And you know what? In a little bit, I'm thinking, Oh, I'm sure sleepy. Oh, it's getting cold out here. I'd sure like a cup of coffee. I'm hungry. I wish I'd have brought a book. My goodness, my feet's about froze. Can't even feel my toes. And before long, I couldn't care less about a deer. I want the warmth of being inside somewhere. I'm sorry. Confession's good for the soul. Bad for the reputation, but it's good for the soul. I'm sorry. I'm a total disappointment to y'all. Some of y'all won't even come back and hear me. I ain't listening to nobody preach against hunting. Like I'm not preaching against hunting. Well, I ain't listening to nobody that don't go hunting. Well, I'll go with you if it helps save your soul, I guess. But, but uh, you've got to have patience and see it through. And know that if you do everything right, you will finally conquer the prize. And... Uh, and then when you finally bring down that animal, then there's got to be a time that you do the undesirable and you feel dress it. You've got to separate what is going to be eaten from what can't be eaten. What you're going to haul out of the woods, what can be saved and what's not going to be saved. You hear me? And then Esau, Esau not only had the patience of a hunter, not only had the ability to field dress his game, but he also had the ability to cook it, to prepare it, to put everything together, to fix a meal that would satisfy the appetite of his father just like Isaac wanted it. Y'all still with me tonight? And so the father says, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Hands that know how to be a successful hunter. Hands that know how to bring separation to the game. Bring home what is worthy. Leave in the woods what is unworthy. Hands that know how to cook and prepare exactly what the Father desires just like He wants it. Whew. I'm going to tell you tonight, I am interested in the Father's blessing today. My Father may not be named Isaac. Amen. I may not be living in that day and I may not be a successful hunter and I may not be in that culture and that lifestyle today, but I am interested in my Father's blessing. I want my Father to be blessed with what I do. I want my Father to be uh, putting His blessing in His hand on my life. 
Amen. I can get the approval of a lot of people, but if I don't get the blessing of the Father, I am a failure. And if I do have the blessing of the Father, then what other people say and what other people think and how other people feel about me is not nearly as important. If I have His approval and He says, Well done, I want to give you my blessing. And I want to tell you today that in our day, in our dispensation, in the church of the living God, there is a voice that has to be that has to be lifted up if the blessings of the Father are going to be given. I'm going to tell you today, you can't be saved without this voice. You cannot be spiritual without this voice. You cannot progress in God without this voice. You cannot grow. You cannot become what God meant you to be without this voice. And that is the voice of the preacher. It is that voice that will open up heaven at Bethel and angels will appear and a ladder will stretch from the earth to the heavens. It's that voice that you will walk away from and say, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Oh, I've had an encounter with God. God has made me some promises. Oh, I've got a future today. Oh, I've had a supernatural experience. It is that voice that will bring you that encounter. You're not going to have that encounter Encounter uh, just by staying at home. Uh, you're not going to have that encounter uh, reading the Bible on your own. Uh, you're not going to have that encounter uh, by trying to be a spiritual person by yourself. Uh, but you've got to hear the voice of a preacher. Uh, amen. That will open up the book uh, and will open up heaven to you uh, and give you revelation like you have never seen before. Praise God. People that don't understand the value of preaching. They don't understand what they're missing out on. They don't understand what they're cheating themselves on. I'm, I'm going to tell you. I've been to churches that they delight in sitting down on the preacher. Uh, they delight uh, in sitting there until their candy stick uh, or their hobby horse uh, is delivered. Uh, I'm going to tell you today. Uh, if you learn the value of preaching. Uh, and you learn what it means to you. Uh, and you learn how to get behind the preacher you'll bless yourself your preacher will preach better you'll get more revelation all of heaven will open up if you will learn how to preach with the preacher and get on with the program praise the Lord amen 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 thank you Lord he had an encounter with God amen that second that second thing about Jacob, where the voice came from. Jacob was the increase of his possessions. Can I tell you that the voice, the voice not only deals with the spiritual, the supernatural, the miraculous, the soul, that not only does it deal with the eternal, but it'll show you how to live. It'll show you how to have 
a prosperous marriage. It'll show you how to have a prosperous business. It'll show you how to treat your employees. It'll show you how to treat your clients. It'll show you how to move forward. Oh, yes, it will. I'm not just preaching health, wealth, and prosperity, but I'm going to tell you, if you ever get the blessing of God, it'll be because somebody preached to you. Somebody showed you a better way. Somebody showed you, hey, God don't just give us instruction about spiritual things, but He'll help you with the dilemmas you face on your job. And how do I handle my finances? And how do I handle these business opportunities? And if you listen, the voice of Jacob, it may be one phrase. It may be one word. It may be the overall message or one verse that is quoted. But God will give you direction. And you'll look around and say, I don't understand it. But God has blessed me. I don't understand it. But God has increased what I have because I listened to the Word. Praise the Lord. Amen. And not only was there the encounter with God, the increase of His possessions, but finally there was the inward change. And if you'll let it, preaching will change you. Oh, not always does it just take place overnight. There's some things we wrestle with for years. There are attitudes that crop up every now and then and say, I thought I got over that. Oh, And you know, if we was all perfect, we'd already been raptured. But that's why you need a church and that's why you need the ministry. Is because he's still working on us. Hallelujah. We still got some areas that need some fine tuning. We still got some attitudes that God's got to wrestle out of us. And we, we still have some mentalities that God's got to wrestle us down and get rid of them out of our lives. And oh, I wish it was all glory and joy and happiness and, and all prosperity. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes preaching will make you wrestle. The voice of Jacob will cause you to... You don't want to hear what's being said. You'd rather it be some other subject. It touches a tender spot. It gets a little sore spot in our lives. and We'd rather the preacher just go on to something else and find another subject and something a little more pleasant. But there's a wrestling match going on down in our soul. You know what God is trying to do? He's trying to change you from a Jacob to an Israel. He's trying to get that cheat out of you. He's trying to get that liar out of you. He's trying to get that deceiver out of you. He's trying to get that tricking out of you. Sometimes it's more than one altar visit. It's more than one revival. It's more than one Bible study. It's one more than one a sermon. More than one preacher. One evangelist. But it's a wrestling match. But honey, if you stay with it, somewhere God will touch something inside of you and you will never be the same. You might limp away from it. And you may not ever hold your head up in pride again. But it will change something in you. And everybody will know it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God for the voice of Jacob in the church. Thank God for preaching. I don't know where I would be without preaching. 
I don't know where I would be without being taught the Word of God. I don't know where I would be without the ministry making a continual deposit, making a consistent investment in my life. I don't know where I would be. Oh, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you why I've had an encounter with God. Somebody preached to me that I could have it. It was the voice of Jacob speaking. I'll tell you why God's blessed me and, and, and I've increased not only spiritually, but I've had some blessings along the way. I'm thankful. You know why? Because I listened to the Word of God. I listened when it was preached and when it was taught to me. And I give God all the glory. And he's wrestled some things out of me. You know, sometimes preaching may make us a little uncomfortable. But I wouldn't want to go to a church where I was comfortable every service. I wouldn't want to hear preaching that never convicted me. That told me how right I am and how good I am and how wonderful I am when I know better. I know I've got needs and I know I need to be on my face before God and I know I need to repent and I know sometimes my attitude stinks. That's why I need somebody to preach to me to wrestle this old flesh down and put it back on the altar that I can be a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God. Praise the Lord. But can I tell you as powerful as preaching is, as effective as preaching is, that preaching is only half of the equation. A church is not successful just because of preaching. A church doesn't have revival just because of preaching. So oh, we've got one of we we've got the best. I'm telling you, we've got the best. Well, I'm going to tell you, you can have the best preacher, you can have the most wonderful preacher, and you do, and it still not benefit. You can hear awesome sermons, a masterpiece every time your good man of God steps behind this pulpit. And I know Brother Townley enough to know he's going to feed you with the Word of God. But I'm going to tell you that that's only part of it. A good church is not just a good church only because of good preaching. But there needs to be some hands go along with the voice hands that know how to go out and put the voice into practice hands that that they smell of toil and sweat and labor and outdoors and activity Woo, hallelujah be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. You can be deceived hearing truth. 
You can be deceived here in great preaching. You can be deceived because the truth is preached, because there's liberty in the pulpit, because we enjoy good apostolic, anointed, Holy Ghost preaching. You can think, well, everything's all right with me. But I'm going to tell you, the preaching is only part of it. you got to put into practice, amen, what is being preached. The voice of Jacob was not enough to get the Father's blessing. There had to be the hands of Esau. Amen. Hands of Esau. Hands that were patient and willing to see it through. And know that I will finally conquer the prey. Can I tell you there are going to be times in living for God it seems like it's not worth it. It seems like what's the use? I've done everything I know to do and it seems that there is no fruit from my labor. That's why the Bible tells us, Be ye not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if we faint not. You've got to have patience if you're going to be a successful hunter. You've got to have patience if you live for God any length of time. There's going to be times God don't move like you want Him to. There's going to be times God don't answer your prayer like you thought He ought to. There's going to be times God doesn't bring things into your life that you thought and you got to have patience just like that hunter sits there and says alright my time will come I know I know my time will come just like that just like that hunter has patience you got to be able to wait on the Lord they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings you'll fly again they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint Hallelujah. And you've got to be willing to wait for God to bring it all into your life like He wants it to be. And the, the second thing about Esau was he knew how to separate what was unwanted from what was desirable. This can't be, this can't be put on the table. We're going to leave it in the pile of refuse. This this can't be this can't be carried home. My father wouldn't be pleased with that. This wouldn't be agreeable to his appetite. I'm going to remove this. You know, s- some people they like everything about living for God. They like the blessings, they like the worship, they like the music, they like good anointed preaching except the separation time. When you got to decide this is what doesn't please my father. This is what he doesn't want served on the table. This, And you know, it not only takes the voice of Jacob preaching it, but it takes saints out there living it. It says, Preacher, tell us what we need to get rid of and what we... And I didn't come tonight to set your standard for you, but I'm going to tell you... It's not enough just to have a preacher that preaches it. Some people want the preacher to preach it, and that's the kind of preacher that they want. They like the liberty that comes with preaching like that. They like the anointing that comes with preaching like that. They like the freedom in the Holy Ghost that they feel. And I, you know, I had, uh, I had. This is just. Please don't charge this preacher with this. He he ain't been talking to me, and, and it, you, you just charge me. This is just me. But I had, I had somebody come up to me. I was I dealt with some things in the church and I I drew some lines and and somebody came up to me and they said uh, 
Uh, preacher, I'm going to tell you something. That's a mighty good preaching. That's the way I want it. You preach it straight, preach it right down the line. Now, I may not live it, but that's the way I want my preaching to be. I mean, that's the way the preacher's supposed to do it. That's the way the preacher, and I may not live it. I don't, I don't quite want to live it, but that's the way the preacher ought to do it. Well, I'm going to tell you, if that's the way the preacher ought to do it, that's the way the saints ought to live it. Woo, hallelujah. Hey, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. If any man be a, a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man that beholdeth his natural face in a glass and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. Do you hear good preaching? Say, yeah, I need to work on that. Yeah, I need to. And, and oh, whoo, amen. That's right. That's good. Whoo, never heard it like that before. And we go and we forget. Well, we got the truth preached. We need the hands of Esau that know how to put it into practice. Whoo, hallelujah. Esau come in and he knew the spices and he knew the ingredients and everything that would cause Jacob to lift that spoon to his mouth and say, mm, Son, you outdid yourself. Mm, you fixed it just the way I wanted it. It don't just end with the concept of separation. But you got to know what all to include that pleases the appetite of the Father. He likes prayer. I think I'm going to pray. Oh, He likes my worship. I'm not going to sit here all mad and aggravated and angry at the world. No, no. I'm telling you, when that first note is hit, I'm going to have my hands in the air. I'm going to have tears running down my face because I know what my Father enjoys. I know what He likes. I know what to put in the recipe that, that my Father savors the taste of my praise. He savors the taste of my prayer. He savors the taste of a consecrated life. Hey, I'm going to tell you, when a church becomes powerful is when the voice of Jacob gets linked up with the hands of Esau. The blessing of the Father is going to come down on the church. You want to have revival? Let the voice of Jacob Jacob be raised and let the hands of Esau be active and the blessing of the Father is going to fall. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. The, uh, the Old Testament priest, the Old Testament priest was clothed in, in, his, in his priestly robe, the linen ephod and that girdle that bound it together and bound the breastplate over it and he had all of this all of this uh, this ministerial garments that he wore and the, the mitre and, and uh, uh, the headgear that he had and, and uh, all of these things and he would go in and he would offer that animal and he would take the blood and he would walk into the holy place and he would sprinkle the blood and he would walk into the holy of holies and he would place the blood on the mercy seat and you say my my how we depend on the priest my my how we lean on him oh thank God for a faithful high priest thank God
God for a, a priest that, that has the ability and the holiness and, and the consecration to go into that holy place and, and uh, then the Shekinah glo uh, glory of God would fall on that day of atonement and they would know the priest had done everything just right but what people didn't understand is that everything in that tabernacle had been put together by the sacrifice of those people. Everything had been given as a free will offering by the people. They had given. They had contributed. They had worked. They had toiled. I know God had the plan and God had the man. But the man could never have walked to that altar, that brazen altar, and offered a sacrifice except that somebody gave to make the altar possible. He could have never gone to that brazen labor and washed like he was supposed to wash before he could enter in to minister in the, to the tabernacle except that somebody had given and sacrificed that there could be a labor. He can never throw back the opening of that tabernacle door and walk into that holy place and look around by the light of the golden candlestick and place the, uh, the, the bread on the table of showbread. None of that except that somebody had sacrificed that there could be light in the tabernacle, that there could be bread on the table. And somebody had woven those curtains together for there to be a covering, for there to be a veil, for there to be a holy of holies. Somebody had taken time and toil and energy and sweat to beat out those cherubims on that mercy seat and put that Ark of the Covenant together, overlay it with gold and put those staves through those rings and set it in those holy of holies so that there could be a mercy seat that would receive that blood so that there could be reconciliation between God and man. And yes, they had to have a high priest. And yes, he had to have the garments of ministry on. And yes, he had to do everything right. But it wasn't just the high priest walking in. It was the sacrifice of every family of Israel that went with him on his breastplate, on the miter of his head, on the linen ephod, on the linen girdle, on those shoulder plates that rested as a burden on his shoulders. All of Israel walked in there with him. Their sacrifice, their love for God, their offerings, amen, their giving, their contributions, their labor, their sweat, their toil. All of them walked in there with that high priest and the Shekinah glory of God fell not just because there was a faithful high priest but because there was an entire group of people that said we want the tabernacle to be everything that God has ordained it to be Moses everything God showed you in the mount we're going to give until it looks just like that we're going to work until it looks just like that Woo, hallelujah amen Praise the Lord. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Stand with me tonight. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Praise the Lord. You say, we got a good preacher. Yes, you do. But I'm going to tell you, it takes more than a good preacher to get the work of God done. 
We need some people that will roll up their sleeves and say, if you can use anything, God, use me. I don't have to be the youth leader. I don't have to be a musician. I don't have to preach once a week. I don't have to teach a Sunday school class. I'll be willing to do whatever you want me to do. But I want to be the hands of Esau that go along with the voice of Jacob. I want to be willing to give, surrender, commit. Hallelujah. Praise God. God's needing some commitment tonight. God's wanting some commitment tonight. Hallelujah. Would there be anybody that says, I'll be the hands that will join with the voice that will complete the work that God wants to do? Their souls God wants to save in Jennings, Louisiana through this church. Is there anybody that will get under a burden with your pastor? There's revival God wants to give this church. But revival is not a one-man show. It's not having a superstar evangelist. It's not having a big-name preacher. I'm telling you, it's when everybody gets under the load and says, I'll pray with them as long as I need to pray. And I'll teach a Bible study to somebody that's hungry for truth. And I'll use my vehicle to bring somebody that needs this gospel and needs a change in their life. Is there anybody that will respond today? Anybody willing to be the hands that will join with the voice of this pulpit? The blessing of the Father is waiting. Does anybody want it? The blessings of God are waiting. Is there anybody interested? The Father's willing to bestow His best. Somebody's going to have it. Somebody's going to get a hold of it. Somebody's going to get serious. Somebody's going to get dedicated. Somebody's going to be sold out. Will you be one of those? Lord, you can depend on me. God, you can depend on me. Lord, you can depend on me. I'll be one of those. God, I'll bring somebody. Lord, I'll get out and I'll have a burden. Lord, I won't be selfish with what you've given to me. Preacher, preach on worship. I'll worship. Preach on prayer. I'll be here crying out to God. Preach on having a burden for souls. I'll love them in. I'll take time with them. I'll do my best. Preach about revival. I'll give extra time. I'll give extra effort. I'll give extra offerings. Whatever I've got to do. I want to be the hands that links up with the voice that receives the blessing of the Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
use anything, Lord, you can use me. Let's lift our voices tonight. Thank you, Jesus. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You can use anything, God. You can use me. Let God renew your burden. Take my hands, Lord. Take. 